LightSource is available free of charge through studiolighting.net. You can support LightSource by visiting supportlightsource.com. There you can donate through the tip jar, purchase a lighting DVD, get a discount on website hosting through squarespace.com, or you can visit our affiliate links for Adorama or amazon.com where you can shop for camera gear or photography books, and a portion of those proceeds will help support LightSource. Hey, this is photographer Kareem Black from KareemBlack.com, and you're listening to Light Story. Welcome to episode 78 of Light Source, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net, the website introducing photographers to portrait and studio lighting equipment and techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And I'm Ed Hidden, exclusive photographer with iStockphoto.com. On today's episode, we are going to have with us Kareem Black. He is a, a talented photographer, does a lot of commercial and editorial work, and he's going to walk us through some of his images and talks about what it's like being on set with him. So I know that there are a couple people that follow me on Twitter that are fans of his work, and they had some questions for him, and uh, hopefully we got all everyone answered. Yeah, I think this interview is a lot of fun. We had a good time talking with Kareem and uh, actually recorded it. Almost two weeks ago, but the holidays hit and everything, so we're a little behind, but it's going to be a good show, so stay <laughs> hang in there. Uh, yeah, so is one of our New Year's resolutions that we're going to not slack over the holidays, is that what we're going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll do our best. Uh, actually, I don't know if you saw my Flickr images. I had a recent shoot that I did with my kids. We just went down to the studio and played. One of the big things they got over Christmas were Pokemon cards. Cool. So I said, all right, we're going to do custom Pokemon cards. I took his card and I made a little Photoshop template. And then I took these two photos of them doing their little superhero pose. And one of them decided they wanted to have their name Flamestro. So I think <laughs> we worked on that together. And he has little fireballs coming out of his hands. And then awesome. uh, my other son has he's kind of like doing like this big long stretch like he's reaching out and we put like little energy beams flying out of his hand so it was a little fun they loved them they're cool and i think all their friends like them too now, did you do some chase jarvis flames and stuff like that <laughs> yeah i wasn't quite going the route that chase did i didn't do any <laughs> fireballs and photograph them i i kind of went out and went to stock photography all right <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe I would like to do that because I think it would be a lot of fun to play with that. And I have a couple friends into doing fire spinning and stuff. So I might enlist them for their expertise instead of just setting a bunch of stuff on fire and hoping it doesn't burn anything down. Just don't burn the <laughs> studio down. Well, I think that that would be an outdoor shock. <laughs> well, putting your kids' hands on fire would have been bad anyway. That would have been bad, yeah. But um, That's cool, man. <laughs> So you got a new toy for Christmas, and now uh, you've been teasing me about it. I did get a new toy. My wife needed to get some sort of mobile device that she could check email on. Being the iPod fanatic that I am, I talked her into iPhones. iPhones? I thought she needed the device. Well, she did, but since we were going to be moving her to that plan, ah. um, it made sense to get two. <laughs> And I love it. It's been a lot of fun. It's one of the reasons why I actually enjoy using Facebook again, because the app for the iPhone is much cooler than the web interface is. Right. Twitter is great. I love Twitter on the iPhone. It's really cool. Like I, I would be out somewhere and I could take a picture with the iPhone. That's the decent resolution. It's not great. You know, it's certainly not a 5D photo or digital SLR, but it's with me. Right. You have it everywhere. So, so it's like, oh, snap a photo and Twitter. That is pretty cool. 
and I've been finding so many cool things like kind of photography related. Mark Wallace from Digital Photography 101 the other day Twittered a whole thing from his iPhone where he was followed one of his photo shoots where he was saying, hey, we got the model that's coming out of makeup right now. And he took a photo and posted a note about that. And then he would say, oh, well, we got the light set up on, you know, here's the set. Oh, we're reviewing set one's photos and took a picture of that. It's really cool to see. And I think he said in the future he's going to actually have a reporter manning the iPhone for him. Oh, nice. So he can actually focus on his work. Have you found any cool applications for photography? There are a bunch of them. Well, actually, one that's pretty cool that a lot of people in our audience might be interested in, if you're a microstock photographer, there's an application called Stock Focus, and it actually connects to your iStock photo account, like Mm. your daily stats and recent uploads, recent purchases, things like that. So that's kind of cool to be tapped into your account through an application. There are about a billion and one applications for trying to improve the photos from your iPhone. There are ones that will mimic portraits, Polaroids, Holga photos. One that I found that's really cool is from a website. It's called digitalfilmtools.com slash iPhone. But if you go to iTunes and go into the App Store and search for light for iPhone, it gives you a bunch of different types of windows, whether they are like tall windows, radiant light windows, blinds, shades, Gregorian windows, Victorian windows, and you hit this button and it overlays it over top of your photo to give you, basically it lightens the levels where this gobo or this pattern would overlay over top of your image. So it kind of dresses up your, your iPhone images a little bit. So it creates the impression that there might be natural light you know, coming through some sort of window. That's cool. Yeah, little things like that to help dress up your iPhone. Another app that's really cool, uh, we've talked about Animoto before, A-N-I-M-O-T-O. They have an app that's available at iPhone.Animoto.com where you can select up to six photos from your phone and create one of their music videos that are on the fly. Now, I need to test it and see whether it actually saves the video to your iPod, which would be really cool, or whether it just streams it through the Wi-Fi connection. That's great. One last one, too, is there's a website. It's called theturninggate.net. They make a lot of custom galleries for Lightroom. Well, they just announced an iPhone-compatible gallery. So if you have images in Lightroom, you can export an iPhone-specific gallery that's specially formatted for the small screen. When it does the pop-up image for detail, it centers it in the screen and stuff. If you want to check it out, it's at theturninggate.net slash iPhone as a demo of it, and then you can purchase it from the Turning Gate. I think it's like $5. That's cool. That sounds like a good way to keep your portfolio online and have access to it through your phone whenever you're out. Yeah, it definitely is. And right now I've just been synchronizing my photos in the standard photos section. So, I, you know, I can scroll through them pretty easily being stored on the phone. Right. Not really sure exactly how that I think this would require you to have it on your website that you would have to present from your phone. Or if you knew of another iPhone user, you could set a link to say, check out my iPhone formatted gallery. So that way visitors coming to your website on an iPhone could get an iPhone specific gallery. So it's just another way to present your work. That's cool stuff. It sounds like there's already a lot of useful apps and I'm sure they'll develop more. So if anyone has their iPhone and they have a special application that they'd like best, drop it in the notes for the show and leave us a comment. Maybe we can start a little discussion among us, the photo geeks, and see what we like best. Yeah, that's a great idea. Or hit us up on Twitter or the Flickr group with your suggestions, your favorite iPhone apps for photography. Cool. My Twitter is twitter.com slash motoed and you are twitter.com slash studio lighting. One other piece of news that I found that's pretty important, EOS 5D 
Mark II users. We had on the show, I believe it was last time, Rich Legg was talking about his impressions with the camera so far. Right. And he had said that he did not have what's been known as the black dot phenomenon. It looks like Canon did release a firmware update that will address that problem and a vertical banding noise problem as well. Oh, good. Well, that's nice to know. Definitely head out to the Canon website and look for that information. If you have that camera, if you have that problem, or if you don't have that problem and you'd like to get the fix anyway, that's definitely worth something checking out. Absolutely. There's another cool thing that I saw online, that which was a uh, new video on the Profoto blog with Annie Leibowitz and the founder of Profoto. They kind of did a 40th anniversary photo session, and they invited in Annie Leibowitz in to do the session with the new Profoto Air 8. Yeah, I was busy, you know, so I'm, I'm sure that's why they went to, to going with Annie. Yeah, they asked me also, and um, I couldn't couldn't make it, but yeah, she did a good job, you know. Yeah, you know, she's not a bad stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest thing about the video is watching her, I mean, clearly she's having fun with the Pro 8, because, I mean, she just, like, lets it loose for 10 or 20 frames at one point, and it keeps up with her camera really, really well. She had the power turned down enough that she could really fire off tons of frames and the light packs were just right there with her that's pretty cool stuff and at least some of the segments it looked like she was working with a d3 maybe yeah and it sounded like she had it in sports mode yeah exactly so it's just like which, which was kind of funny because she's recording this guy that's just sitting there <laughs> right i think she was just playing because the power pack is just amazing it was like you know completely hanging there with her dslr at full speed so that's, <laughs> that's pretty neat i loved uh strobus made a comment and when he blogged about the video uh, david was saying something about it. he says you hear that noise that's not the camera saying that it's ready for the next shot or right. the camera saying that it, it had locked focus that's the pack signaling that it's ready to fire again yeah yeah that is cool stuff so check that video out if for no other reason you just want to see what it's like to have the ultimate in lighting equipment <laughs> in your session it's good stuff yeah it would certainly be fun to play with yeah i know my stuff does not cycle that quickly Speaking of lighting equipment, I took the Orbis Ring Flash to a New Year's Eve party. Oh, cool. How did that work? Uh, it worked out really well. It's fun. It's interesting, though. The Orbis Ring Flash is for a portable flash system, and it slides down over the top of your flash and turns it into a ring flash. Then you kind of hold your flash in your hand and slide the ring flash around your lens. So oh. you know, it kind of takes two hands to, to do the deal, but it worked pretty well. I mean, really well, actually, for a single source light like that. You know, I mean, I've shot with some of the other generic diffusers at parties and stuff and this this really did a good job it was fun now do you have any samples that you could share from it i'll try to get some samples i think that you and i should probably take a more serious look at it because i was just it just arrived that day and i just wanted to play with it a little bit that evening but we'll put something up oh cool but your initial reaction is that it was a pretty cool system i do it is cool yeah absolutely neat oh i look forward to actually seeing it so yeah i'll definitely let you check that out well that's probably a, a good recap of the news of what's going on so we have with us our talk here with kareem black and i hope you guys enjoy this one On this edition of The Light Source, we have with us this evening Kareem Black. He is a celebrity musician photographer, has a lot of wonderful work. Uh, you can check his website out as we're going along in the interview at kareemblack.com. Kareem, thanks for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. So uh, we are reading your bio a little bit right before we uh, gave you a call, and we saw that you're a PA guy just like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Philly. Uh, born and raised in – but I've been in New York since 95. Yeah, I hope to get back to Philly for uh, retirement. Nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's such a great place to retire to. <laughs> right. No, I actually do miss Philly sometimes. There's just just not too much to do down there. Uh, you know, not too much photo industry. But yeah, I, I miss it sometimes. Well, how did you end up in in New York? How, how about you tell us a little bit about your story? Well, like I said, you know, I grew up in Philly. Graduated high school there. Moved to New York in '95 for college. Went to school of visual arts up here. That's the reason I basically you know moved up here. I've been up here ever since. Graduated SBA in '99. I really got lucky. I graduated into an amazing economy with a lot of dot coms and, and you know companies that frankly don't really exist anymore. And you know, got a lot of work, didn't really exist a lot. You know, just started working straight out, fell into shooting a lot of music and celeb stuff initially for clients like Vader and Sony Music. That's basically where it started and, and really my career has been based a lot on kind of word of mouth and and good luck. You know, like right place, right time yeah, right. kind of thing. I'm a pretty lucky guy. Well that's pretty cool. Did you jump right into commercial work then pretty much? Yeah, yeah. I mean when I was in school I really wanted to do fashion. I really you know you know I was in love with kind of some of the imagery and fashion. And then I realized that I had no real interest in fashion itself. You know what I mean? Like I'm not a fashionista, you know, I don't really so, you know, that was weird. Like I said, you know, I started out shooting fashion and then I just realized that the passion was there for taking the pictures but not for the actual industry or what people were wearing or what designers were cool at the moment. And then I kinda had to reassess what I actually gave a shit about, you know, and, and what I was passionate about. And I started uh, obviously, like I'm passionate about portraiture, but music was just kind of like a, a natural fit for me. And so that's basically what happened. You know, I had always kind of been shooting music, you know, going out and shooting DJs and stuff. And unbeknownst to me, I kind of built a little name in that world. And, and when I decided to focus on music and celeb stuff, I got lucky and a lot of people kind of were open to my work and I recognized some of my DJ shots from certain magazines I'd shot for while I was in school. Oh, that's great. Basically. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been all commercial work. I mean, obviously, you know, there are a ton of personal projects I had that I've worked on over the years, you know, that keep me sane. <laughs> right. uh, I like to travel a lot, you know, and, and shoot uh, and record my travels. But yeah, I mean, what ends up paying the bills is, is, is definitely, you know, commercial portraiture stuff. No, was it challenging getting attention up in New York compared to other parts of the country that you've worked? When you were first getting started or even now, what kind of methods do you use to really get your your brand across in an area like you're oh, in? You're talking about promo stuff. What, what am I doing for promo? Yeah, I guess Is so, because it seems like you're in a market that's would be maybe saturated, especially... Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, there's a saying I used to hear, I, I don't know how true it is, but it said something like, there are more photographers in New York than there are doctors here. You know, <laughs> right. But no, I mean, there's a ton of competition. There's, you know, the best in the world are here. You know, I feel like if I can kind of reference the last question that you guys asked, you know, when, when, I, when I was shooting fashion in, in college and then found, I found that I was a much stronger and more passionate photographer when I, when I was shooting something that I actually gave a shit about. Do you know what I mean? I think right. that that's kind of like a, a primary rule. I used to have a teacher, a, a professor in college where he's like, you know, shoot what you love, you know? And I, I think that once you're shooting what you really care about, then you're going to stay up longer than the next guy or girl, you know, uh, working on your portfolio, or you're going to okay. make you know, investments that, you know, that are, that are maybe smarter than the next guy or girl that doesn't care as much about what they're doing. So I think that that's the first thing. I think that make deals with people. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I think that that's why, I mean, they're great photographers everywhere, right? I mean, there are great photographers all over the country, all over the world, but it helps being in a city 
where, you know, I can run out my door and, and, you know, I'll go out at night and go for drinks and there's people in my industry, you know, real people that I'm not, I just, I'm not, I'm not just communicating with them over email or whatever, you know, like you're actually shaking hands and having drinks with the people who hire photographers and produce photography. So I think that that's very, very helpful. I know a lot of photographers are kind of like a moody artist type and they don't want to like leave their house because they're too depressed or right now or whatever. (laughs) And I I feel like, you know, you really have to get out there and and shake hands and and kiss babies. And, and, you know, I'm a people person. I like doing that. (laughs) You know, I like drinking. I like having drinks with people and talking about photography. And and you find a lot of that here. You know, there's, there's like a major hub in the world for our industry. And I think it's helpful just being around these people as far as like being inspired by them, but also, you know, definitely sharing a drink and talking about what you're doing. Right. You know, so, I mean, there's all kinds of ways. This is promo for me. <laughs> me talking right. to you. Do you know how many, <laughs> you know how many people on the list I'm going to, I'm going to blast this to, That's you cool. know, this podcast. Yeah. You know, if I don't come off like too much of an idiot, you know, like, <laughs> I, I feel like, I think it's just keeping people updated constantly on what you're doing because there are so many photographers that, you know, frankly, you're competing against for, you know, making a living. Right. I think it's just it's important to kind of keep yourself relevant and say, Hey guys, I'm, I just did this, you know, in, in a way that doesn't make you seem like an, like an arrogant self-obsessed, you know? Yeah, totally. So, did that kind of answer your question? Yeah. There are definitely specific things that I do for promo. I don't know if you want to get into that, but, but I definitely think it helps actually meeting and shaking hands with people that are there in the industry. There's a lot of that here, you know? Well, while we're still talking about that, on your website, in the special projects section, you have some really interesting signage and stuff that looks like it was up around New York City and things like that. Mm-hmm. Was was that something that you had done to help draw attention to your name? Yeah, absolutely. Myself and, and one of my best friends, Matt Salacuse, we did a sticker campaign. And basically, in the sticker campaign, uh, you know, we had 8 by 10 stickers, really quotes or sayings that, that were unrelated to our to our website you know, or, <laughs> right. or, what we, or what, we, what we did as photographers, you know. Like Kareem Black to Wed Lindsay Lohan, you know, and, or, or KareemBlack.com to Wed Lindsay Lohan, you know. It worked because people didn't know what the hell was going on. And then they went to our website to figure out what was happening. That's pretty know? cool. So in that way, it, it drove traffic to both of our websites. I mean, not just people in the industry, but, you know, regular, you know, just people. You know, I mean, we were posting these things on other people's property, you know, all over <laughs> New York. And I think that there was an angle where it was kind of art for art's sake, you know, like kind of, you know, art for everyone, you know, you know, we want everyone to come to the site, you know, and not just the people who hire photographers, but we certainly want people who hire photographers to come to the site too. And I, I think that the greatest thing about that campaign, that's actually one of the things I'm most proud of in my, in my career, because I think it's something that was, you know, really completely ours, you know, like we were inspired by, you know, some of the great street artists like Espo and and costs and revs, but as far as a, a tool advertising photographers and, and trying to drive traffic to websites, that was something that, that I thought was, you know, was pretty original. And I also think that it allowed us to leapfrog a level in photography as far as, I, I think this model is changing, but a lot of times it's been true that, you know, photographers really kind of had to depend on agents in order to enter the advertising world. I think, I think that that advertising nut is pretty hot. It's pretty hard to crack if you don't have somebody kind of speaking for you or, or what have you. And I think that that's like when that campaign went up, I got, I started getting a lot of ad work. Oh, and nice. I think that it just allowed me to kind of leapfrog that level and, and kind of speak directly to the people who hire photographers in that world, you know? Oh, cool. So do you not work with agents or do you work with agents now? You know, I don't know. I, I have a fear of relationships. <laughs> but, um, 
slowly but surely, I'm moving towards getting an agent. I feel like, basically, I I had a weird experience with an agent in 2003, and that might have turned me off to that whole thing. But also, I'm I'm really proactive in my own career, and I think I think it's really exciting to, you know, it's like being a captain of, of a ship. You know, it's like if shit gets fucked up, like I don't have to look too far to place the blame. You know. Um, <laughs> You know, I like the chest of it. I like the strategy of it. You know, I like, you know, I like the idea that if I don't shoot, I don't eat. You know, kind of that. I think that's pretty, you know, it's kind of cool, you know. But as I started doing more and more ads, especially the bigger ones of Verizon and things like that, I started to hire agents to negotiate for me. Okay. Because the usage and, and the contracts that you're handed, I mean, it's very confusing to, to anyone. Like, you have to be a lawyer to figure it out, you know. And agents are used to that, and that's what they're good at. And, and I would say, hey, look, you know, Verizon's calling me for this job. I have no clue what's up, but if you can negotiate for me, I'll give you 10%. Okay, sweet. Of my fee. And I feel like everybody wins in that case. I mean, you know, these are reputable agents from, like, from big agencies, and this is 10% of a photographer's fee in their pocket, you know. So that, along with whatever salary they're getting, is probably pretty good. So that's kind of the paradigm that I've been working with for the past maybe two years. And uh, there are a few agents that represent me on that level. But I mean, literally, it's me bringing work to them. And I'm definitely interested in, in that paradigm where the photographer is at the top instead of kind of agency at top. And then they have the, these photographers that are corralled. I mean, like, right, I'm interested over in being like, hey, my shit, let's go. You know, that's my deal with the agent. That makes a lot of sense. Just going back a little bit to when you got out of school and you started into this industry, when I look at your images, I see a very distinct style it really comes through in all your work. Is that something that you were intentional about? And if so, how did you get to where you are with your style? I, I usually try to have some, you know, maybe some kind of humor involved or something. I'm definitely interested in the moment that kind of occurs around the moment, you know, like maybe right. that's the documentarian in me. I don't know. I, I and a lot of what I really like, a lot of my favorite pictures, to me, they're they are sort of awkward and imperfect. You know, and it, that's just me. I, I think it's like if you're shooting somebody or if you're on film or being recorded for a podcast, then you know that there's an audience there. You know, but I think that it's really interesting what they do right after the the first flash, you know, the first photo was taken, or right before. You know, right. Um, I hope that that comes across in my work. I that's something that personally I'm interested in. I think that there's a, there's a, there's something that's genuine about the moment before the moment, Absolutely. the moment right after the moment. Uh, for some reason, uh, it's an Avedon photo of of uh, Marilyn Monroe is like right after he took a picture and she's kind of looking down and she, she looks beautiful and angelic, of course, but not the most flattering photo of her, you know. And but I thought right. it, was, it was great, you know, like there's Marilyn Monroe and she looks like one of my friends, you know, like yeah, my right. friends look like that too, you know. So, um, but as far as if it was something that I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I I, I really want to be. I really, you know, the part of me at times it really romantic to be to be led by my id, where it's like I want to do what I like, I'm, and I and I hope that that kind of molds whatever my style is, you know, like this is what I'm interested. That's kind of how these pictures get taken. Those are the moments that I liked. I know it's pretty general and no. that probably, but I just think that that's the purest kind of editing tool or the purest kind of, you know, just thought process behind what makes photographers pictures. 
I'm not sure if you're talking about anything more technical as far as lighting or something like that, but as far as the actual moments themselves, like that's kind of what I hope to accomplish. Well, I know. I think that was a great answer. I and mean, one of the things that I was going to ask you about it as a follow-up was just the way that you get people to have certain expressions and stuff. I just I love all the different expressions as you go through this portfolio and that was going to be kind of a follow-up. So it makes sense the way you answered that if you're looking for those moments that are genuine and almost editorial in nature. It's just really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I like that. You know, I don't like, I think it's so easy to make a hot girl look hot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay, like, got it. Whatever. It's, it's very easy to see something beautiful and take a picture of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. But I, there's a part of me that's kind of interested in things being imperfect, you know, like, especially, you know, hot girls or beautiful things, you know, where it's kind of like, okay, well, got it. We did the, uh, you know, that's the foreplay. Like, it's good. let's get down to the real business. You know, like, <laughs> what, what do you really like? You know, like, what do you really, really like? You know, I, I think that hopefully, uh, I just think it's interesting having kind of like a window into somebody's personality. And I think that the way to find a window like that is, is, is that moment that's right before, right after when they have, when they don't expect a picture to be taken, you know? Right. So is that when you approach like a celebrity shoot or something like that, is that kind of your goal is you're trying to get behind the public facade of the person and capture their essence more? Yeah, I mean, a lot of work of mine that's been published and all photographers, I think that most photographers would agree with me, it, especially when you're dealing with celebrities, I think that it really is, I think it really becomes about, you know, what's the most flattering picture to the celebrity, you know, and that's, you know, after comes from me and goes to the photo editor and, you know, all the different departments that, you know, at the magazine or at the record label or whatever, I think that it becomes that, but I think that, you know, work that I consider personal, work that I can, that my favorite photographs are not necessarily the most flattering photos. Right. There's a chance that that's probably cost me business in the past. You know what <laughs> I mean? Well, that's really, it's a certainty that it has, but, you know. Well, okay. Well, well, given that, how do you approach a celebrity shoot? Are you going for the money shot and then, you know, you keep shooting or do you plan ahead of time? Like, all right, I, I kind of want to get this guy in this kind of a situation uh, and see what he does. How how do you approach that? I usually don't plan at all. I'm terribly <laughs> underprepared usually. I think that there's a, uh, there's definitely something that I'm attracted to and kind of showing up on set and seeing what happens. Okay. You know, I feel like if I have a conversation with 10 different people about the same subject, you know, maybe we're all talking about George Bush or something. I'm going to have 10 different conversations, though, with those people because the conversations will be molded by the personalities involved. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like each photo shoot, I definitely want it to kind of be its own thing. You know, I don't want to be like, okay, well, I've got this one shot that I need to capture. And I, cause I think that's kind of rigid, you know, on the downside of that, sometimes it probably helps to have some kind of a plan, you know, <laughs> uh, but there's definitely part of me. I like, I like to think on my feet. I like to kind of, you know, photographers are problem solvers and I, and I want to be that guy and be like, Hey, you know, I came to this, I had no clue what was about to happen. And then this happened. Do you know what I mean? I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's kind of cool, you know? Right. I want to approach every photo shoot that way, like celebrity or otherwise. As far as specifically celebrity stuff, I feel like I'm kind of retarded when it comes to pop culture, especially in the last couple of years. I don't know. I'm, I'm a huge nerd. I love Star Trek. I think that the new J.J. Abrams movie is going to be bananas. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I also love, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, I definitely am very social. But as far as, like, things that are happening in pop culture and, and sports, I don't know anything about sports except for NASCAR. I feel like I'm getting something here. Trust me. I feel like <laughs> I feel like when I am shooting these people, the chances are I don't really know what they do. Right. 
Like, and I, and I think that that's kind of cool for me, you know, and I, and I think it's kind of, uh, it makes it not so it's like a celebrity situation for me. It's just like, hey, we're going to sit down and have a conversation. Oh, you make $60 million a year at playing football? I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, yeah, I think that there can be some kind of discomfort when, you know, there's a situation where it's like, oh, my God, I'm your biggest fan. Right, yeah. You know, I do consider it sort of a strength, but I have no clue what a lot of these people do or what their latest movie is, what t- the TV show is that they're on is called. Like, I, I think that that's kind of like two people just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, you want to take some pictures? All right, cool. I happen to have a camera, you know, like, you know, <laughs> and so... Uh, that in if we're talking about preparation, you know, a lot of the times I'm I don't know if I'm the most prepared person all the time. I find that amusing and like really great. You're using your lack of pop culture while you're shooting pop culture as an asset, where most people would probably go into a situation and probably want to be as prepared and know everything they could about the person. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I was sick a couple weekends ago. And I was watching that show, the, the best of, you know, best of on VH1. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so, like, they did this whole, like, thing, best of 2006, you know, and, like, and it was, and then, then 2007 was on afterwards. And I didn't know any of that. Like, to, Doogie Howser's gay? <laughs> like, you know, like, what? <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> that's, that's insane. Like, I, like, I'm just sitting on the couch, like, this is bananas. Like, where was I? You know? So, uh, but yeah, as that relates oh, to my photographic career, I, I, I definitely think it's, you know, I consider it a strength, you know, to not, and also have a lot more free time that I'm not really following, you know, tabloid. You know, Before we leave the celebrity angle, I do have one other question. You did say earlier that you like the moments between the moments and things and the moment after the moment. When you're shooting someone like a celebrity that is so used to being in front of the camera all the time and and having their best face forward and things like that, do you find that it's difficult to try and capture those moments that are probably a little bit more unique when they would let their guard down when they're probably very protected of that and conscious of that? There's definitely been shoots where, especially like the beginning of my career, I shot a lot of rappers. I try and not do that anymore. But, but, and there was definitely like people were like, yo, don't shoot me smiling. (laughs) I shot that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there are definitely public personas that, you know, that these people, you know, they're public figures. So there are definitely public personas that they have interest in propagating, you know. But I do think it's like a matter of trust. You know, it's kind of like, look, you know, I'm a good guy. You know, I'm just here to take some pictures and, and I'm competent. And slowly but surely, most people end up kind of opening up. And I feel like they have to have a trust in the photographer that they're not going to, oh, I just, I just shot this guy. I shot a Clinton Portis. He's on Redskins or something. I don't know. I went to his house and I wanted to take this picture of him. You know, I'm shooting him all day for this ad. And then he's got, you know, he's got this ridiculous house, this giant pool in the back. And I wanted to shoot him kind of by the pool, like afterwards. That's for me, you know? And he's got this beautiful son. I can't be more than a year old. I'm like, you know, see, I call him CP because uh, you're not supposed to call him Clinton. And uh, I, I go, hey, CP, can I get a picture of you and your son, you know, by the pool? He's like, yeah, you know, I don't want my son in pictures, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I completely understand that. And so I'm just taking pictures. And eventually, I think he just it kind of loosened up, you know, and, and then he... You know, I come here and he's, you know, his son is in the, and he puts his son in a couple of pictures and it's really cool. But I think that he did that with the trust that those pictures aren't going to be anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, right. I, I put it on my website, you know, but it's not going to be published. You know, I think that there's, you know, there's something to be said for trust and respect where it's like, 
look, you know, this is, this is kind of a moment that we're having, you know, and, right. and, uh, and, you know, I think that that's pretty cool. You know, there's another moment that happened with, I guess there's this, uh, who is this girl? Uh, there's another, there's like a singer girl. Um, but you know, she had these gold, <laughs> these diamonds, like drilled into her teeth. I think there's photos on my website. And, oh yes. Uh, it's in the um, music I, section, I, I believe. I completely forget this girl's name. Monica. Um, Monica, right. Yes. See, I have no idea about pop culture. <laughs> and so, you know, we're just chilling, man. And we're shooting quickly and efficiently. She's happy and her people are happy. And, and you know, and she's telling me about these diamonds. They're drilling her teeth and she's showing me how much pain that was going on during this thing. And I was telling her about all my root canals, which are not as exciting. But <laughs> she was like, and then she let me take this picture, which I'm really... I love this picture, you know, like it's one of my favorite pictures, you know, because it's, it really isn't flattering, you know, it's, and it's her showing me the diamonds in her teeth and it's totally, you know, mug shot and it's not, she's a beautiful girl, but I, I don't think that that is the most flattering portrait of her. But I think that she did that kind of with the trust that we were having, like just me and her were having a moment, That's you cool. know, um, and the picture hasn't been published. It definitely is on my website, but a couple of pictures that I've had throughout my career that are, that are on that level, you know, and some of them failed terribly. <laughs> you know, like right. a, a photograph, you know, but some of them I'm I'm really proud of, you know, where it's like, wow, that happened. You know, we shared that that moment. So it's kind of cool. With all the flexibility that defines your shooting, how do you decide where you're going to do these images and these photo shoots? Is it something that you think much about, like back, um, backdrops and settings? And I definitely have catalog of just kind of places I think it'd be kind of cool to shoot, you know. I, you know, anywhere from bars to wherever, outdoor locations. Sometimes if I do know a little bit about them, you know, or if I know that they're some kind of, it's, let's say it is a rapper, then yeah, let's shoot them someplace really beautiful. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's shoot them <laughs> on the, yeah, I might not know anything about them, but, you know, if it's supposed to be a tough guy, let's, let's do this. You know, like, let's do this thing that's not that tough. So I'm kind of into that. I was, with ad work, you know, the more money a job pays, the less flexibility you have. You know, like it becomes a huge bureaucracy and, like, you, know, you know, conference calls and everybody's they have sketches of what the photograph is supposed to look like. Oh, right. You know, with, with ad work, I mean, obviously the photographer has an input, but there are a whole lot of other people who have input also, which is why I, I really love editorial stuff. You know, you don't get paid as much, but you have a lot of freedom. What about gear then? I mean, what's your lighting kit like? Because you kind of have to, looks like you travel a lot and do a lot of location shots. And do you have a studio space or do you prefer location? No, I rent studios, but I love location because you, you don't know what's, what's going to happen. I love the idea of being kind of a, used to be a real lighting nerd, man. And I think I'm pretty good at it. But in the last three, four, you know, two, three years, maybe, I have consciously tried to abandon, you know, like my lighting's getting simpler, you know? Right. And, I remember one of my, this, this one shoot that I was doing for Verizon, it had to be a year ago. This is probably the most I've ever gotten paid. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was a big shoot for me. I was kind of nervous. And I remember walking through the halls at this, at this photography studio here in New York, and I saw this, this huge umbrella thing, you know, and it, it turned out to be a breezy light. Like, I've never, mm. worked, I'd never worked with a breezy. And I was telling my assistant who I was walking with, I was like, I want to shoot with that. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the light <laughs> looks like, but it looks pretty cool. And we used it. Now I use Breezes I shot with a breezy yesterday, you know, but generally I own a bunch of pro photo stuff, but I want to, yeah, I just want to keep it loose. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I, I definitely have lighting formulas that I know, but you know, yesterday I shot an ad campaign and I used the lighting that I've never done before. And that was kind of cool. You know, I like that kind of 
they're photographers who feel comfortable using the same sort of lighting repeatedly, which is cool if that's their choice. But I, you know, I, I want it to be kind of like, well, I don't know what the we're gonna do today, so let's figure it out. You know, I, I kind of like that Indiana Jones. Kind of, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, let's make something happen. There'll be lights involved, probably. You said something that really interests me. You almost said in different words, the more you learn about lighting, the less you really do of it. Right. The less I'm concerned with like, oh, well, that's a, a quarter stop too hot, you know, right. or like, let's have like 5 million lights on set. I also think it's like, it becomes, you know, it's very possible to get lost in that and forget about, you know, you're taking a picture and trying to capture a moment, you know? Right. There are photographers, man, who have, I mean, my boy Matt Salakud, he, he's actually, he's actually a really proficient lighting technician, but he's rolling around with like a 5D and like a, an on-camera flash and shooting amazing fish. You know what I mean? It's very simple. It's like, wow, of course he's not worried about this light as it needs to be moved back. He's interested in all of his interest is now in, in the moment. And I think that's, I think that there's something very cool about that. Absolutely. You know, you can, you, it's very easy to overthink a situation. It's all, you know, I think that trying to get out of that. It's almost like if you get the moment right, people are less concerned with the lighting. Absolutely. I think it's very easy for a photograph to become a good photograph because of the lighting. And it's like, okay, well, got it. But is it really a good photo? And the lighting's beautiful. But can you throw anybody into that lighting and then they'll look beautiful or whatever, you know? Is it, is it actually a good photo? You know, is it a good moment captured of this person? And I think that uh, I just want to take good photos, man. <laughs> That's cool. Day. <laughs> God willing. I noticed too that you have a pretty good mix of indoor and outdoor images. Do you have a preference? Yeah. And then when you go outdoors, how does that affect your approach to how you light your subjects? I love uh, I love studio, like indoor, like outdoor. I mean, there are different dynamics to each. I think that in a controlled environment like a studio, obviously you have it's easier to work with you know a heavier lighting setup if that's what you choose to do. When I'm shooting indoors, I've been shooting. I remember I shot this series on Video Girls maybe like four years ago. Me and another photographer, Emily Sure, we did this series on video girls, and it was all four by five and all existing light, you know, like window light or whatever. And, you know, a lot of exposures were like two, four seconds long, you know. But that was beautiful because, you know, we're shooting film at the time. We're taking Polaroids, and, you know, Polaroid records, obviously, daylight differently. You know, film sees daylight as a different color temperature than tungsten and fluorescent or whatever. And so we take these Polaroids. And then we do the prints based on the colors in the Polaroids. And I thought that, that was kind of cool. So like it, we had all these green and yellowish prints and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, since I did that project and if I'm shooting indoors, like, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll definitely try to do some like, just let's see what the natural light looks like in, in this situation. And maybe it'll need to be filled just a, a bit, but like, I want to see what the light's actually doing. And I want to see what the colors are. Like, I like color temperatures and the, and the, and the variations between them, you know, as far as uh, coming from different kinds of light sources. I like to kind of play with that sometimes. And then when I'm outdoors, when I'm on the street, you know, I'm, I'm just rolling around with this is 7D or something. And, you know, my assistants hate me sometimes because they, have to carry that dish, you know? <laughs> and like it's pretty heavy. But you know they'll have it in their in their backpacks, and they'll have like a beauty dish that they're holding, you know, right over me, and that's it. And it it can be as simple as that, and usually is, you know. That's how I approach those different kinds of situations generally. Right, that's cool. Well, you mentioned something else about natural light, and especially in Keller, there's a couple of images in one section where you have like a real old school feel, and like the oh, model, yeah, the models are all seventies. 
out and oh, yeah. do you do your own post processing? Is, is that something that you did in the camera or with? Well, this, I think you're talking about the Kool Aid ads that I shot. Yeah, they were. They were. One, yeah, that was one of the, the most fun campaigns I've ever done. Obviously, we're inspired by the work of Jamil Shabazz and you know his his work from like early '80s in New York, documenting kind of hip hop culture or whatever. And a lot of people think that this is more processed than it is. I really, I mean, to my knowledge, it really isn't. You know, we were doing this on set. We were kind of decentrating everything. We we're looking at Jamil stuff where it's like these photos are so old and they and the film stock that he shot on was of a certain quality where it's like, yeah, everything looks sort of a yellowish brown and aged in the contrast. You know, film wasn't able to, to pick up the contrast that we have now. So we desaturated everything. We we made everything less contrasty. And, it, and really, a lot of this stuff happened on set. I'm shooting on set and I'm showing the art director kind of how I can get it to where Jamil's stuff was, you know? Right. And so, you know, digital tech is kind of, as the images come in, we're desaturating them and we're kind of, we're aging them just by, really just by color and softening everything, you know? Like, I mean, as they come in to, to my digital tech station, I mean, you know, the lenses at the time weren't as sharp as our lenses, you know? So it's like, Everything's a little softer, and uh, that's as much post-production went down on that. I actually just did a Burger King act two weeks ago where they were going for the same sort of 70s vibe, and they, and they referenced my Kool-Aid ads, and they were surprised at how simple it kind of was to... You just have to look at these photos. You, know, you have to look at the photos from the time period, and, and we're all photographers, we're all visual people, and it's like, hey, this is why these... These are the five reasons why this photo looks different than photos now. It's really cool. And then you kind of make that happen in your own work. And that's what happened with the Kool-Aid stuff. That's what happened with the Burger King stuff. So, you know, it's weird. A lot of people think that those are a lot more processed than they are. And that's you know, just not the case. It's really just thinking about it and problem solving. And like, wow, I need to, this is what I want it to look like. That's and very cool. How do I get there, you know? I love those shots. I love that whole series. It's great. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. In fact, everything that you've, you have in your portfolio is awesome. And if anybody that's listening to this definitely has to head over and check out your work at KareemBlack.com. Kareem, we wanted to really thank you for spending some time with us tonight and going through your work yeah, with man. us, man. That was great. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Light Source, the brightest podcast on the internet. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode and all the other Light Source episodes at the website studiolighting.net. And you can also send us an email comment at studiolighting at gmail.com when you can send us comments, questions, or just images that you'd like us to see. And if you really want to get involved with some of the other listeners to the show, you can head over to the Light Source Flickr group at www.flickr.com slash groups slash light source. You can post your images and get feedback on your photography as well as seeing the things that we're taking pictures of. And as always, if you missed any of these links, our quick outro here, you can find all of that and more at www.studiolighting.net. Till next time. Bye-bye. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com.